tuning in from the car? Flips it for the touchdown! Stay connected to the Roar after you run your errands using our app or website. Download the Roar app on your phone by searching WCCPFM The Roar in the App Store. Or tune in on our website, theroarfm.com slash listen. Back here live on the Roar, the press box with Brad and John, 10.04 a.m., hour two. Thank you for joining us today. We talked some college basketball there in that last segment of some Super Bowl. If you want to get in on any of that, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Clemson Tigers taking on Miami on the men's side tomorrow at 7 p.m. at Little John Coliseum. We will have pregame for you at 6.30, so a little shorter edition of Road Rage with Walt Eptula. And then we'll take you over to Little John. Get you ready for that game. Uh, I I just think Miami, I said it, what, two weeks ago, I thought they were pretty much toast. Uh, they are toast, I, in, in my opinion, right now. But uh, it's still a, a game you just, I mean, Clemson just can't overlook anybody. They're not in a position to do that. I mean, really nobody should anyway, I know. But they're just not in a position to take this game lightly whatsoever. Uh, sitting there 6-6 six and six in the conference. They got back to five hundred. Last weekend with the victory at Syracuse and the win at North Carolina, it was probably one of the best weeks of Clemson basketball in a really long time. Two huge wins, greatly needed, and sitting there now uh, kind of right in kind of a, a mix of a, of a lot of teams that I think the Tigers are better than. Pitt 6-6, six and six, uh, Syracuse, Miami, both 6-7. and seven. Uh, Ahead of the Tigers is 7-6 and six, NC State and 7-5 and five, Florida State. So really, I mean, you look at where Florida State is at seven and five, Wake's eight and five now after the loss to Duke last night um, in Durham. You know Clemson gets another win on Wednesday. They're they're like I, Clemson is is basically another two two good win. They beat Miami this this week and NC State over the weekend. John, they're probably going to be in the top five or six in the standings, depending on what like Florida State does. Right? Yeah. And, what Wake Forest does on you know over the weekend and things like that, but yeah, no, I, I think that yeah, if Clemson can put together a strong week, they're in a very prime spot for what will be what the last six regular season games. Yeah, and if they could be eight and six coming out of this week with a four game winning streak, I, they're <laughs> I mean it just sets up really well, especially with what's coming later on on the back half you know of the of the month. So I think that absolutely they're, they're in great shape right now. Uh, the, those two wins cannot be minimized, John. What they did in North Carolina and Syracuse, they got out of the hole. They've dug this now. They need to continue it. You don't want to go back into a hole. Yeah, sure. But you did what you needed to do to get out of some of the, the slide in January. Even if they go one and one this week, they're still seven and seven going into the back half of the month. The chance You're to good. Get, You're good. You know, get to, yeah, I, I think, I think Clemson's in, in, in fine shape right now. But it would look a lot better, I think, at least in the eyes of a committee, if you're in that top five or six in the ACC. Well, and you want to, I mean, I think even some part of that, you want to avenge the ugly loss for when Miami just shot the lights out down there in South Beach. Yeah. Plus, you have to start thinking about ACC seeding a little bit. You know, better seed, get opportunity. Maybe I, maybe they get into that top four before it's all said and done. North Carolina, 11-2. and two, Duke and Virginia, both 10-3. and three. My, uh, Wake Forest is eight and five. Clemson's, you know what, two and a half back from that, so they're not out of, out of play. Oh, not at all for the Tigers. So I think I think they have some opportunities 
here to to maybe sneak into the top four. They all get buys, right? The top four get get the double buy. I think that's correct. So they that's still in play for Clemson. I mean, everything's still in play for Clemson. That's the thing. Boy, what a difference a week makes. This time, this time last Tuesday, we're going. Losing North Carolina, if they don't play well at Syracuse, uh, what's going to happen? Are they a bubble team? Like, uh, I mean, just the wheels were falling off. The potential of what could have been was being discussed. And now, a week later, we're going, ah, they're in good shape. Really good shape. It was one of the biggest weeks for Clemson basketball in a long time, in my opinion. Had to have it, just a must-have, because of what they did in the month of January. Well, I also think for now what it sets you up for. Look at the momentum you're carrying. Look, all of a sudden in January, Joe Girard couldn't find a shot. I think he's found it. Some shots are starting to fall again for this team, but I also think they're getting they're getting more solid contributions from a variety of players than they got in January. Definitely, and I think in return is because defenses are having to focus on some of the other guys actually giving you production, Girard's getting it. He's not forcing the look as much as he was in January, not just... I mean, you remember there was a couple games where he couldn't get an open three-point look to save his yeah. life. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then he went four for five on Saturday up I, there? I also think he's he's figuring that out. Like, he's figuring, okay, I'm not going to get great looks. How can I get a decent look or a good look? And then they're starting to fall. You know, they're just – more shots are starting to go in. It, it, I mean, basketball is simple sometimes. It's It's not a whole lot of – they're playing more zone defense, and they're making more shots. That's it. That's really all that's changed. You know, getting some, and I think that's allowed some contributions from some other guys. I think Jack Clark has figured out his role now on this on this team. I think he struggled with that. Like he quite knew what he was, where he fit in. You know, last night he was one of the guests on Tiger Hour with Brad Burnell, and Jack Clark talked about that himself. That it was very difficult as a transfer when you come in here for a one year deal. You want to come in and play. You want to come in and contribute. And he had to spend all summer. Sitting there and watching the guys. It's tough. And then to be able to come back in and then re-aggravate the injury and have to, you know, sit back down again, you know, it, it kind of explains some of the struggles he had when he first got back on the court. The guy hadn't played much basketball since last March with NC State. Yeah. It's a good point. Some leaders in the ACC, real quickly here, John, before we go to the phone lines. RJ Davis, uh, top scorer in the in the league at twenty one. Point five points per game. Right behind him at number two, P.J. Hall at 19.9 points per game. Uh, so he's right there with him. Again, I, I think R.J.'s already one player of the year in the league, especially if North Carolina holds on and wins the ACC regular season title. Even if they finish second, I think he's got the, I think he's got it wrapped up. They were to fall like third or fourth for some reason, going on a losing streak. Maybe P.J. could get himself back in. He's the only other guy. I, Who no, else are you going to give it to? I I get where you're coming from in theory, but even if they drop a couple of games, if Davis goes off against Duke in the regular season finale, then they're going to give him the award anyways. Yeah, maybe so. But who else would even be up there? I, I think it's only those two. And I, I, I mean, we talked about it a month ago that it was R.J. Davis's award. Filipowski's numbers are good, but they're not they're not mind blowing. Seventeen and eight. And what's P.J. Uh, he's night. He's a almost twenty per game, nineteen point nine per game, and seven, seven point three point or seven point three rebounds per game. And he's shooting, you know, pretty high clip. Um, I'd give it to him over Filipowski. Filipowski just, I mean, it, it's 
four four ninety eight to four ninety seven Filipowski in field goal percentage. So they're right there uh, with each other. And I, I think clearly what PJ Hall's meant to Clemson this year, he would get an edge. Um, Hunter Salas for for Wake Forest averaging eighteen point seven, so he's kind of right there in the mix in terms of of scores, but. Uh, Clemson does have to face off against Norchab. You know, he's a good, good low-post guy, 17.7 points per game. His scoring has really gone up this year. I don't think that's a good thing. I mean, th- that means they're, they're not making as many shots, and he's they're relying more on him to carry an offensive load. I think he's better when he's just, you know, being kind of the garbage guy, getting offensive boards and putbacks that way. I mean, you want to dump it to him some to free up shooters, but I think Miami's had to go to him because they haven't been able to get and generate – the shots that Isaiah Wong got last year by getting into the lane and creating different things. Uh, he could get all kinds of looks with his dribble penetration ability. And they're just not getting in really anything out of or, or enough out of um, Poplar and, and um, you know, the other guys there. They're just, it's, it's, it's not the same Miami team we've seen. So Clemson knows what their guards can do. Nigel Pack is a, a good player. But I don't think he shot it all that all that great uh, this year compared to some other years that he's played. So I, th- I think Clemson has an opportunity uh, to, to do pretty well uh, against Miami tomorrow. I was looking to see who the who the leaders are in three point percentage. Cho Gerard shooting just a hair under forty four percent. John is second best in the ACC. There you go. So as much as he struggled. In January, he's still shooting the second best clip from the three point line in the entire ACC. I, I, that's some really good context because I mean we were acting here like there. What is wrong with Joe Girard and everything's falling apart? And he's still second in the league in three point percentage. It's pretty impressive. To be Extremely honest. impressive, in my opinion. Yeah, I I agree. Um, God, if he. <laughs> He he's a guy. If, if the if the point total is a little bit higher, he might be in play for Player of the Year. He's averaging fifteen a game. That's thirteenth in the league. That's that's kind of low. The ACC, the way this, I've been on some of these panels before. I know how the voting works. The ACC, I think they still do a combined version of like the media, coaches, and some other people, a couple other people involved, and essentially it, it goes to. The highest, whoever's the highest scoring average on the best team. Does that make sense? Like whoever's averaging the most points for on, the a, best on, a, team. on a team that's in the top three or four in the league. That checks out. <laughs> that's generally how this works. That's why I think R.J. Davis pretty much has this one. Not that he isn't deserving, because I, I think he is. Just saying that's sort of the parameters. Of both both things him. can be true. He's very deserving, and yet they're going to give it to the leading scorer on the the best team who just happens to be deserving this year. Right. Some years it's been debatable, but I think he's, he's, I have no issue with him. None whatsoever. In my opinion, if RJ Davis is ACC player of the year, it's really not been a ton of, ton of real huge standout players. I mean, really it's been, it's been RJ and PJ <laughs> have been, uh, do you agree with that? The two best players in the league this year? Definitely. I mean, Baycott's a phenomenal Baycott's been rebounder. good. Filipowski he, is good. There. Yeah, there, there's good players in the league, but I think the two best players in the league are R.J. Davis and P.J. Hall. Who would be your top five? Who would be your all-ACC? Position doesn't matter. Position doesn't matter. 
I got PJ, RJ, RJ, Baycott. Yeah. Filipowski. We're not going to field a guard. Nope. Um, and, no guards. And, and, and post. And post, BC. yeah. We're just going to go all big men here. <laughs> we're going all big men and RJ. And Burns coming off the bench from NC State. Burns coming off the bench. Uh, do you think in Shefflin will get some all ACC attention? Not first team, but yes, he will. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't mean first team. But will he make a yes. second or third team? I think he will. He should. He's averaging nine and a half rebounds. I think per there game. are three Clemson Tigers that'll make it, and it's PJ Hall, Joe Girard, and Ian Shefflin. Okay, Joe Girard maybe a second, third teamer, and same with Shefflin. Yeah, I think PJ Hall's no doubt first team All ACC. That would be that would be pretty wild if Clemson has three guys in the first two ACC All ACC teams. Doesn't happen often. That's crazy to me. Doable, yeah. I I'd say one will probably slips the third team. Just remember, 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 remember what we're votes, dealing okay? with here. Yeah, <laughs> is is Clemson located in the state of North Carolina, John? Yes or no question. Is I'm sorry. What was that? Is, I, is, I'm reading a text that's accusing us of saying something we didn't remotely say. Is Clemson located in the state of North Carolina? Uh, no, it is not. By the grace of God. Okay, then good luck getting uh, those three guys on the. On Two on the two of the teams, six five four or Jerry's up next. Hey Jerry, hey Brad, how you doing, bud? Doing well. How about you? Yeah, I just I want to say, remember I said last week I need to see Clemson go to Syracuse and validate that win against North Carolina. They did, and very happy for them, very proud of them. And uh, now we just need to go take care of a uh, home field. Uh, I mean, home field, home court advantage this week. Do you feel a little bit? Be, do you feel a little bit better about this team now, Jerry, than than you felt a week ago? Yeah, I do. I do because again, uh, I, I saw them doing things, Brad, that they were not doing at the first of the year. Yeah, uh, you know, I thought they were shooting the ball way way too quick uh, at times. Uh, I thought they weren't moving the ball as well as they should. Uh, and I saw, I, I, I saw them do that better. And that's just got, that's, that's just got to improve, uh, with, uh, gosh, I'm going brain dead. One of the brothers, uh, the other one, Hunter. he needs to drive the basket. That's, that, that's his game. It's not shooting threes. Yeah. I mean, if you're open, you know, take a look at it, but, but drive the ball, you know, and, uh, that just, that's going to open up things on the outside, you know, if he's doing that. And so I, I like, I like that they did that a lot better this week uh, with him driving the ball. So, yeah, I do feel better. Like, again, this is a good basketball team. And uh, and and there's, there's games that they, they should not have lost. And, uh, but, you know, but, yeah, I do feel better. So, let's go beat Miami and North Carolina State and then uh, see what happens on the road. All right. I hear you, Jerry. Thanks for getting in. I appreciate the call today. Jerry's right. Clemson not only won the last two games, but they, they did write some things that just weren't going and now you know the the weird turnovers of Syracuse just again that's 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 unacceptable you can't turn over 21 times period but what they have the other night in North Carolina was it four turnovers yeah it's like four or five <laughs> maybe that's just some some balancing balancing out the uh but then again you know we talked about it yesterday once you had the four minute uh the last tv timeout they didn't turn the ball over the rest of the way in the game so yep had they turned it over I don't know that if they kept up that, that pace, they probably don't even win the game. Yeah, if they kept up that pace, certainly. I, I don't want to chalk it up to maybe if they had one turnover in that four-minute no, stretch. I don't, maybe, I don't but mean that. No, yeah, to your point, if the pace would have continued. Yeah, so 6-5-4-Roar.
you want to get in with us, we got some college football to get to coming up. Don't go anywhere on the war back after this. EC Sports is introducing NeuroSharp, the game-changing supplement that unlocks your mind's full potential. Boost focus, enhance memory, supercharge mental processing, and improve mood with this meticulously formulated blend of 17 powerful ingredients. NeuroSharp positively influences key neurological systems, allowing you to perform at your best. NeuroSharp goes beyond the present, providing long-term cognitive health benefits for optimal memory and brain function as you age. Visit UpstateMuscle.com and use code BEN for a 20% discount on your order. East Main Furniture in Easley, where every day is a sale day. Come find deals on living room, bedroom, dining room, lamps, rugs, mattresses, and occasional furniture. Brands like Lazy Boy, England, Best, Ashley, Catnapper, Liberty Furniture, and Von Bassett. All at discounted prices. If they don't stock it, they can special order it for you. Now offering up to 12 months. Same as cash on purchases over $300. East Main Furniture located at 829 East Main Street, Easley. Or call 864-442-6054 today. Valentine's is approaching fast, so be ready for that special day. Rooster's Men's Grooming Center has everything that you need to look your best for your special date. Get anything from a haircut or neck trim to a seven-step facial shave. This modern classic barber shop has everything you need to look your best. Call 864-884-8920 for your next appointment. Or use the new Rooster's app to see more of the services they provide. Located on Pelham Road in Greenville. Honda, Acura, Lexus, and Toyota. Also known as Halt and Anderson. First Class Halt, your dealership alternative since 2011, wants to be your preferred service center. With factory trained technicians, OEM parts, and top-of-the-line diagnostic equipment, we have one goal to keep you on the road. This is why we offer a three-year, 36,000-mile nationwide warranty, courtesy shuttle, and repeat rewards. Anderson, what are you waiting for? Come experience First Class Halt, your dealership alternative for Honda, Acura, Lexus, and Toyota. Carolina Top Dress is your go-to solution for maintaining a healthy and vibrant lawn. With our specialized soil conditioning program, we ensure your grass stays nutritious and healthy. Right now, take advantage of our limited time offer and receive a free lawn aeration when you sign up for our program. Trust us to help your lawn thrive all season long. Visit us now at carolinatopdressing.com for your free quote. And as always, go Tigers! It's a new year, but one thing remains the same. Elkmont is the Upstate's destination for the best in lifestyle clothing, shoes, unique gifts, outdoor gear, and so much more. Offering great footwear from On Running, Vans, Ufos, Birkenstock, and more. Incredible selection of jewelry featuring Kendra Scott and game day and lifestyle clothing from the most popular brands like Patagonia, Viore, Filson, Free Fly, Columbia, Z Supply, Howler Brothers, and more. Shop South Carolina's largest selection of on-running shoes and enjoy great discounts on select game day and winter apparel as our winter clearance sale begins. Find the latest arrivals and fashion trends from Elkmont's Facebook and Instagram pages or shop Elkmont online at elkmonttradingcompany.com. That's E-L-K-M-O-N-T tradingcompany.com. Elkmont is conveniently located in Powdersville off of 153 and in Clemson at 93 and Highway 123. And finally, go Tigers! Live and local sports talk coming to you from the Upcountry Fiber Studios. This is 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. Serving the five counties of the South Carolina Upstate, Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. Baseball season's almost here, and we have you covered from now until opening day. Hitting is not about muscle. It's simple physics. 
Calculate the velocity v in relation to the trajectory t, in which g, gravity, of course, remains a constant. We are the roar. Box from Brad and John. Thanks for joining us today. John, you might have, you may have found something that will rival the Super Bowl revenue. <laughs> the amount of money the league and everybody else is going to make off Super Bowl 58. You might have found someone who will also enjoy some massive amounts of revenue coming up this summer. You know, summer. normally we don't invite people uh, to come back uh, for a second time on the show, but Tar Heel Chat, if you hear this, you feel free to get back in. Uh, I was reading these guys from College Baseball Central. I'm doing Brad and I have been kind of joking off air that we're going through all these different college baseball outlets and just comically looking at their entire postseason like bracket, you know, preseason projections or whatever. They're comical, right? Because yeah, they are. It's like the pre 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 preseason top twenty five. It's nonsense. But I look at these guys here from College Baseball Central. And as the nine seed, they would be my East Carolina Pirates. And the reason we bring this up solely is because the two seed they would be hosting would be the NC State Wolfpack. If I am a liquor store owner in Greenville, North Carolina, I am circling that and I am preparing accordingly should it happen. I got to order extra inventory. I got to be stocked. They're going to make so much money that week. Full Roger Goodell's going to try to figure out how do we get an NFL stadium in Greenville, North Carolina based <laughs> on all the, the booze money that's rolling around here. Full Wolfpack and full Pirate could be on display this um, summer. For those curious, the, the, these same people also had Clemson as the eight seed hosting. Oh, okay. Hosting the West Virginia Mountaineers, which would also be good for business in the same sense as when NC State and East Carolina get together. National national seed yes, for the Tigers. That's interesting. So, okay. just... Just pass that along. I thought that would be very comical to see in a regional mm. NC State and East Carolina. Boy, the the tailgating would be something else. Yes. Yes, it would. Be quite uh, dangerous. Some other news to get to, John, before we turn our attention over to college football. All right. We don't normally do a lot of NBA, but I, I just wanted to make note of what Wimbenyama did, the uh, rookie from... Uh, San Antonio Spurs last night. Did you see this? Did you I did not know. <laughs> oh, so you, you're blind to this. You didn't see what he what he did last night. No, I did not. What did, what did he do? Triple double. Okay. For Wimbenyama. In fact, he filled up a a a sheet like it was you know nobody's business here. Uh, Twenty seven points, fourteen rebounds, ten blocks. Ten. Ten blocks to go on with five assists and two steals. In a 122-99 victory over the Toronto Raptors last night. Yeah, I was going to say, well, it's you know not that impressed with the Raptors in 19 and 35, but the Spurs are 11 and 43, so they're they're even worse. But a great performance by Wemby Yama, no, no doubt about that. 27, 14, 10, 5, and 2. Have yourself a night, young man. That's extremely impressive. And again, it, it's it's one of these things you're just getting little glimpses of what he can do when it all comes to together. Are you buying the the hype? Uh, am I buying the hype on Wimbenyama? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to sit and tell you he's going to be the greatest player in NBA history. Now, you're not doing what some of the draft people were doing, that this is the greatest draft pick in the history of sports back in the summer or anything like that. No, but do I think he is going to impact the league in a very 
positive and emphatic manner at some point in his career. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just gotta get you know, a little bulk. Gotta get, you know, used to the NBA. I think I think the Spurs are handling him well. You know, I, I know we, we make fun of load management in the league, but I'm uh I'm curious as to where this goes. I've post this season, like yeah. what, how they ramp him up. Yeah, I have no dislike for the guy. I'm just, you know, especially this time of the year, I'm not fully, I haven't given into the NBA waters quite yet. I mean, he's the, from a hype standpoint, I, again, it's just hype. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm not predicting this, but there have been, he's up there with the legends when it comes to hype. The LeBrons, the Kobe's, you know, when they come into the league. The impact they can make and all that kind of stuff. He he's in that realm in terms of the hype. I'm not saying in terms of the production. He's just starting out. He hasn't made it through a through a full season, but yeah, he's he's having a he's having a good start, I think, to to his career and sort of showcasing what he's capable of down the road. But that triple double last night was impressive. Also last night in college basketball, Kansas got absolutely destroyed on the road by Texas Tech. What do you make of that, John? Is there it's not concerned with me today, but are you concerned about having Kansas in your list of teams that can win a national title? Because they're not on mine right now. Uh, starting to, they've lost um yeah, ever since they had the big win over Houston, they've lost two out of three. Um oddly enough, their only win against the ranked team in Baylor. Can I can I be at a hold right now? I'm removing them. If you want to go on hold, that's fine. I, I'm the reason I say that, they have six games left of the regular season. Um, the 25th ranked team, the 19th ranked team, the 12th ranked team, and the number three ranked team. I want to see how they handle the rest of the regular season stretch because this is a very difficult road that they have. Oh, and then they also have a rematch against Kansas State who beat them. Yeah. I just I want to see how they respond to the tough times right now. Texas Tech is not ranked, but Texas Tech's pretty good. They should not be twenty nine points better. No, than a than a top ten team. No, no, that was a bad night for Kansas, and I think Chad brought it up that Bill Self got ejected last night. Is that yeah. correct? It was. I think it was like twenty two all at one point, and then it was at, from that moment on. It was it was a twenty four all. It was Kansas the rest. I mean, it was Texas Tech the rest of the way. Uh, Kansas got destroyed. Uh, we mentioned Duke last night beating Wake Forest 77-69. to It was a ref show for sure. But it's Valentine's week, and Teddy V was, was calling the game. What, oh. what do you expect? Well, it's Duke TV, on national television. TV Teddy. Had to get some TV time, and he did. 6-5-4, Roar, you want to get in with us? Over to the NFL, John. Would you like to revel in the news, or would you like to... Uh, <laughs> I, it will be short-lived, I can assure you. I will douse your flames of uh, enjoyment here. But Mitchell Trubisky. He gone. No longer. A he gone. Steeler. Done. I hate this. We can't make fun of you anymore. For yeah, but Mitchell now Trubisky. I get to join the elite camp with Chad the Mailman and the Bills fans as uh, we don't have to deal with Mitchell Trubisky anymore. It's an elite club. I mean, Chad's made it look like a lot of fun. Excited to join. Would you be excited if the Steelers add another former Bears quarterback? One named Justin Fields. You know, we talked about this. I am fine with Justin Fields, but I want to know what the Steelers have to give up to get him. I have said I do not want to spend a first-round pick on Justin Fields when I have to turn around and pay him pretty much immediately. All the value in him being a first-round pick is almost gone. 
Yeah. From a contractual sense. I'd be fine with the talent. I would be fine if the move took place. But if the Steelers give up a first-round pick where they have a lot of needs, I would be very upset. When you already have a first-round pick quarterback that you'd be moving off of. Okay. Because you're not spending a first-round pick to go and acquire Justin Fields to let him, quote-unquote, come in and compete with Kenny Pickett. Or if you do, then you have mismanaged something. But it was a good move yesterday. The Steelers not only releasing Trubisky, they released an offensive lineman, um, a core four, and punter Presley Harvin of Georgia Tech. By cutting those three gentlemen, they have saved nearly $13 million in cap space for 2024. Which is what the cap space is for your Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs this offseason. Let's play a little game here. All right. Who would you rather? Kenny Pickett or Justin Fields? Um, Slight lean to Justin Fields. Kenny Pickett or Ryan Tannehill? Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett or Russell Wilson? Oh, gosh. I didn't even know. Some market... These are the market QBs here. That's a sad market. Well, I need to figure out, obviously, you know, I'm not the biggest Russell Wilson fan in the world. I would be fine with it. I just, I need to figure out what are the moves taking place to make that happen. How does he get to Pittsburgh? You don't want to give up collateral. I don't want to give up a ton of stuff when you have to take on his ridiculous contract that Denver gave him. Yeah. Because that's the thing, too. You're going to have to adhere to his contract. You can even have Denver pay for some of it. But... Kenny Pickett or Kirk Cousins? I don't know. Cousins, I don't think, is going to play for a team that plays outdoor cold weather. Well, I don't know where he's at physically. Yeah, but I, I, do, I think at this point in his career, he wants to play for a dome stadium team or a very warm I team. still think he gets a one-year deal to stay in Minnesota. Yeah. Because the way it ended with the injury, I just I see them bringing him back personally, but... They would very you, easy could be moving on and getting into the draft sweepstakes. Is there anybody else you would you would entertain? Mac Jones? No, gosh, no. Okay, Baker Mayfield. Ah, uh, yeah, I would. If it, if the plan is Kenny Pickett is not the guy, and we need someone to get us through until we draft the next guy, because I don't want them to draft a quarterback in this year's draft. You just drafted Kenny Pickett a couple of years ago, and you still have him on the roster, right? I just, I, I need to see what some of these compensations and things are going to be for the Steelers, but. A couple fans, Steeler fans getting in on the Adams Coffee text line. Not touching Russ with a 39 and a half foot pole. I like Cousins or Fields, depending on how you get them. Another texter says, I'm a Steelers fan. We gain nothing from Justin Fields. I think I agree with the latter one. I don't, I don't think it, 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 it pushes the organization forward to bring in Justin Fields. No. Because there's a really good chance that if you do, you're still going to let him go when the contract runs out. That's why I bring up what does it take to get him. Now, if I can send maybe a fourth, yeah, do it. And we'll figure out. Whoever the best man is, keep the job, move on from the other guy. I'm fine with it. Yeah, But when, I mean, Brad, I was sitting there yesterday reading an article about why it would make sense for the New England Patriots to trade the third overall pick to Chicago for Justin Fields. Why in the world are there so many draft people out there and NFL analysts saying that Justin Fields is worth a top 10 pick in, the, in a trade? I have no idea. 
What has he done in the NFL to show that he is worth that type of compensation? That's extremely high and just seems out of the realm of possibility. With him starting, yes, yes, I know the Bears have the number one overall pick because it's the Panthers and they're terrible. The Bears' own pick is in the top ten. It's not like Justin Fields took them to a nine and seven record or nine eight, whatever the number comes out to be now. That's why they're going to use the number one pick on a quarterback because they don't believe in Justin Fields. So why in the world are these NFL analysts out there saying that teams would be crazy not to give up a first round pick for this guy? Right. In a top ten pick at that. If you're picking at 29, okay, fine. We'll have a little bit of a different conversation, but I just think that would be absolutely insanity if the New England Patriots were to trade the number three overall pick for a guy who hasn't been good and has less contract control than any of these unknown quarterbacks in the draft. Of that market that I gave you, Kirk Cousins, Baker Mayfield, Ryan Tannehill, Russell Wilson, Justin Fields, Mac Jones... For for not talking Steelers now, but yeah, but who makes sense there? Like who who is a legitimate quarterback that you can get something out of? Now, granted, how you acquire them matters. I understand, and what you have to pay them matters. Yeah, but because I think with Kirk Cousins, you're not getting him on the cheap. You're, you're not ju- getting him for for twenty million. Oh gosh, no. That that would be you're getting bargain brand Kirk Cousins there. You can get Ryan Tannehill for twenty million. Brian Tannehill's not worth six, but yeah, that that's the problem with the market too. Is you're going to have to. I mean, we talked about it on the on the show. The nonsense contract that the Raiders gave Jimmy Garoppolo three years at like eighty million dollars. Is Russell Wilson still a starting quarterback in the NFL? I don't know. I genuinely don't know. I thought he improved this year. I thought it was better than the year prior. But he is certainly not what he was four years ago in Seattle. Yeah. All right, how about this? But he's also in his mid-30s now. Texture brings up a, a pushback point that I think is worth noting about Justin Fields. It says, why are we judging Justin Fields' value based on what Chicago got out of him? That's where rookie QBs go to die. Not wrong. No, they're not wrong at all. That's a horrible place for And that is why I I am okay if the Steelers specifically were to go out and acquire Justin Fields. I'm fine with taking two years to see what there is in him. I just don't want to give up my first-round pick for it. I agree with with where the texture's coming from here. Maybe he's been horribly coached, and maybe it's because he has very few weapons around him, but he has not shown an ability to truly read an NFL defense at all. I I mean, I'm I'm not so much, you know, uh, there's some... Some issues here and there. I mean that all. Well, I mean, Brad, he was at a press conference this season, and they asked, why have you not been able to like you know, take these next steps? I'm paraphrasing the question. His exact response was coaching. And that may be true. But, but, <laughs> but you're in this awkward little spot of, okay, if it's true, well then, okay, yeah, it's the coaching, but, but I'm did not, this guy really just throw his whole coaching staff under the bus to cover his, well, you know? I don't, I don't care about that. <laughs> I, I'm not paying a guy that I don't know. I'm not giving like, giving away assets to go get a guy that I don't know if it was coaching or not. If I'm going to spend a first-round pick on an unknown, on an unknown, I'm going to take the guy with five years of control versus two. But you don't need a lot of in-depth, you know, NFL scouting knowledge, GM knowledge, evaluation knowledge to watch Justin Fields and go, I don't I don't think he's really reading the defense very well. You don't need the you don't need those skill, that skill set to to understand that Justin Fields Struggles reading the defense, and and maybe it is 
personnel coaching related and somebody can get a lot more out of him than Chicago ever did, I, I can buy that. But you're going to have to give something up to get him? A lot of teams are going to say, no thanks. And there's some quarterback-hungry teams out there desperate right now. Six five four or more to come. We'll take some calls after this. Hey, it's Toby from Wendy's. Picture a Baconator. The six strips of Applewood smoked bacon, the hot and juicy beef, the pretzel bun. Wait, pretzel bun? A pretzel Baconator. And it's only here for a limited time? And right now you can get $3 off mobile orders of $15 or more with the offer in the Wendy's app? This changes everything. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's new Pretzel Baconator. Limited time only. Or participating U.S. Wendy's. $15 minimum required before taxes and fees. Account registration required. Thank you for voting Tiger Express Wash as the best of the best car wash in 2023. Use your unlimited fast pass in Clemson, Easley, or Pendleton. Tiger Express Wash. Proudly serving the upstate with more locations. Same quality care. Just trust me. We've all heard or said these words ourselves at various points. It's going to be great. Just trust me. We say that all the time. And that's basically what I'm saying when you hear me talk about PhD weight loss. I'm just asking you, just trust me. And now the reality is, a few of y'all are thinking things like this. Will it be safe? Or, you know, perhaps more commonly, will I fail? Nope, you won't fail because they won't let you. You're not your past. Whatever diet pills or injections you did in the past failed you. Wanting to drop weight is 80% of the battle, so you're almost there. And the other 20% is having an expert on your side, a way to keep you on track. Keeping you on track is what PhD does. It's the most important thing that they do. I want you to think about this. Think about what not doing PhD will do. Multiply five pounds times five years of doing nothing. You're another 25 plus pounds overweight if you don't stop right now and call PhD. For more info, go to the website at myphdweightloss.com. When it's time to replace your roof, there are so many things to consider. From the type of roof you have to the many types and styles of shingles, Gillstrap Roofing understands how each part of a roofing system works together to give you a beautiful and watertight barrier. Don't trust the one thing that really protects your home to just anyone. Gillstrap Roofing has been covering the upstate for four generations. Proven, experienced roofers for your home or business. Gillstrap Roofing, 269-1232. If you've been charged with a criminal offense, the legal system can be overwhelming and intimidating. You could be facing significant consequences. You need someone in your corner to help you navigate it all. Nick Lavery, Clemson's local attorney, will help you get the answers you need. Call today for your free consultation at 864-654-3680 or visit nicklaverylaw.com. You don't have to go through this alone. Nick Lavery, Clemson's local attorney, here for you. An ultimate day of relaxation and rejuvenation from Lilia Day Spa in Anderson is the perfect gift for her on Valentine's Day. Year after year, they've been voted Anderson's premier spa, and their staff is ready to treat her mind, body, and spirit in a relaxing and private setting. Choose a sweet treat package or a Be Mine package, a sweetheart or a Cupid's holiday package. Lilia Day Spa can create something special, or a gift certificate is ideal for Valentine's. Anderson's premier day spa, Lilia Day Spa, 116 Benson Street, downtown Anderson. I'm a donut nut, I'm a donut nut, I'm a nut for Krispy Kreme. I'm Glenn Reese with Krispy Kreme Donuts in Anderson and Spartanburg. We're open seven days a week. Pick up some delicious donuts and a cup of coffee. Share a box or two at your business meeting, at church, or with family and friends during a time of need. Call Spartanburg and Anderson Krispy Kremes. 
believe the phone call I just got. This guy told me that the Roar is the best sports talk station in the upstate. We are the Roar, where every day is game day. We've got some news to get to here in the world of college football, but first... But first, Brian, I want to tell you, you know, the other day I was driving around Anderson. I was driving down Pyramidary Road, and I happened to see a just beautiful motorcycle pulling out of the lot of Boneyard Cycles. And I'm sitting there wondering as I'm driving next to this bike, what is this? I, I, I want to know more about this beautiful motorcycle I'm sitting next to in traffic. And I realized, why, why am I sitting here trying to figure this out driving down the road when I can just call Paul and his crew over there at Boneyard Cycles, and they can give me all the information I can go to BoneyardCyclesOnline.net and go see a wide variety of updated inventory that they post daily. Brad, you've had a chance to meet with Paul, and we sat down with him, and they going through that website. It is impressive what they are doing there, updating it daily. They have wholesale pricing on Harleys, Customs, Metric Cruisers, off-road vehicles. They have the best prices, quality parts, and service all here in the upstate. They'll rival the big city shop, but you will just get that, that small town feel. There's no, no better place in the upstate for any of your motorcycle needs. Go by and see them at 507 Pyramidary Road in Anderson or visit them online at BoneyardCyclesOnline.net. 654-ROAR, you want to get in with us. Uh, the college football news is that, according to Chris Vanini of TheAthletic.com, the sport is very close to allowing widespread use of helmet communication. Remember they did a little bit of a trial run during bowl season, X amount of teams. I remember how many it was, like 15 or something like that, games. Uh, were involved the helmet communications where the coach can call the plays in so they no longer have signals and signals being stolen, <clears throat> Jim Harbaugh, and things like that. Uh, so this looks like it will be approved, according to Chris Vanini, uh, sport-wide coming up for the 2024 season. Good. Yep. Although I will miss the ridiculous cards on the sidelines with three emojis and an inside joke on there as the play call. Yeah. Laptops and things like that. Towels, yeah. Some yeah. of those NC State placards were always really fun. Hate that, but hey, it's it's the way the. I, I think it's, it's the better. There's be so going. much nonsense and time that is spent into all that. Just just put in the helmet. Let's move on. And if you're the NCAA, you're obviously pushing for this. You're telling the teams vote this thing in because you don't want to have another Jim Harbaugh situation, Michigan situation. That particular Jim Harbaugh Michigan situation. <laughs> now he could give hamburgers to recruits again, and you know that could be a problem, but. But I, I Jerome Moore could. Jim Harbaugh's in the NFL. This is a long time coming that should have been done a long time ago. Uh, money is not the obstacle that it once was. Um, you know, logistics and stuff. Technology is improved. It, this should not be hard for all 131 or whatever. Well, that's the thing. The, you're not outfitting all 85 on scholarship. Right. Every quarterback and a couple guys on the defense will have the technology. That's that's pretty much it. Let's go to the phone line, 654-ROAR. Delvin's up next. Hey, Delvin. Hey, y'all. How you doing? We're doing well. <clears throat> y'all talking about quarterbacks from Pittsburgh. I think it might be the guy that um, you said you didn't want because of the connection. That's um, Ryan Tannehill with Artie Smith. I think that might be the quarterback that might get. I just don't think he has anything left in the tank. I, I don't really have anything against Ryan Tannehill, the person. He's been a fine quarterback in this league. I just think in terms of the player, he just doesn't have much much left in, as a starting quarterback. 
Yeah, but I think with the connection with the offense, with uh, Arthur Smith, you never know. But you may be right, Delvin. Unfortunately, you may be right. Yeah. I mean, look, Arthur Smith yeah. got a lot out of Ryan Tannehill. Don't sell it so quickly, there, John. Is he bringing Derrick Henry with him? Uh, maybe so. We don't know yet. Oh, that's right. He is a free yeah. agent. I forgot about that. They're going to run back the, uh, yeah. the, the the 2021 Titans. Hey, if it couldn't win in the AFC South, it's certainly going to win in the AFC North. Let's go. Yeah. You know, God, what do you think about Deshaun Foster going to be the head coach of UCLA? I think that's a good fit. You already know the guys. He, I know he went to, uh, to the Vegas, but Las Vegas Raiders, but he was on the staff last year. So that, that, he knows the staff and continuity would be the key. Yeah. Yeah. In the coaches' cycle, I don't think this is a bad idea at all. Uh, again, I I always prefer if it, you know the options. We don't know for sure, but I'm assuming it was hire a guy who wants to be there, who loves the 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 program, appreciates the university, and will work his tail off as opposed to a sitting Mac coach who's going to come in and probably be gone in two years. Uh, you know, to me, the the biggest obstacle for for this to work is not even Foster himself. It's just the school, and it's their commitment to football and a lack of funds and, and whatnot. That's that's the biggest challenge, no matter who you hire for that. So why not hire a guy who's going to come in with a CEO mentality and try to try to help raise money and run all that? Yeah, cause the biggest issue they're having right now at UCLA is the, cha- the outgoing chancellor, the president of the school, who has not been a big advocate for athletics, and they're trying to get somebody new in the building. I... I just think with all the nonsense, with Chip Kelly not wanting to be there, the infighting in the athletic department, all that, it's a really smart move to hire somebody who loves and wants to be a part of this program. Uh, but I do got an interesting question for you guys. Do you think it could be a trend now? Uh, head coaches leaving college football, leaving their position, go like be a coordinator or go to the NFL with all the NIL and all that stuff? You think it's going to become a trend now? That's a good question, Devin. Thanks for getting in. I, I appreciate the call. It depends on what you want to define as a trend. Like, how often does it have to happen? Do do I think there's a possibility that college football, and I have said this, yes, that it's going to push some guys away? Some, yes. An alarming number? I don't quite know that yet. I don't think we're there yet. Uh, I think, you know, even though the money has become more equal, coaches have always, unless like recruiting is kind of your main thing, have always tried to find a way to get to that next level. You get paid more to do less work. Yeah. I think most people in workforce will try to find that find that route, but I think it's all going to be individually situation dependent. You know, yeah. like Jeff Halfley, well, I think a lot of that had to do, yes, he wanted to go be in the NFL, but he also wanted to reset his clock. There was going to be some, I mean, this is a guy who was, the seat was getting a little warm. That's the thing. What you just said is is where I think it lies. Yes, he's probably not enjoying the game as much and probably prefers the NFL, but there's also this reason. Like, it, yeah, like Chip every Kelly, one of those is going to come with that. Yes, I think he ultimately wants to just be a play caller. But it, I don't think it's because of, of NIL. I think a lot of it has to do with working at UCLA and the his vision for the program versus what the university is. Also, Chip Kelly has never been a guy who likes to recruit. I don't he, think he's ever liked being a head coach in, no. in college. Once he got his taste of the NFL, it, it was it felt like he had to come back to slog through the college game to eventually get back to the NFL. Yeah, it was a means to an end for him. Because I remember when he was on the market, it was between Florida and UCLA, and a lot of the reasons he chose UCLA is how big of re- recruiting is at Florida. Ryan Grubb, 
he was he had a cup of coffee in Tuscaloosa, and he was in Washington uh, a month ago. He was in Tuscaloosa, and then now he's in Seattle with the. Well, Seahawks. let's let, let's dissect that a little bit. This was a guy who wanted the Washington head coaching job. Didn't get it. Didn't get it. I would assume, based on his, you know, wanting to get that job, that his family likes living in Seattle. He probably did not want to move. You have an opportunity to stay home, stay where you are, and go work for the NFL franchise right down the street. And also... Makes a ton of sense. He was rumored for this job long before he even set foot in Tuscaloosa. So I'm not so sure that it wasn't already anticipated that he would get it. So... Again, is he does he want to get out of the college game? I don't think Grubb was dying to get out of the college game. I just don't know that he was very happy with where his career arc had gone. And I'm not saying that Alabama is some horrible place to go. I'm just saying he had his sights set on being a head coach. He didn't get it in the in the school that he wanted it. He might just be looking elsewhere for for a a, a bump in career arc here. Very much so. And I'll, I I personally am on just going to operate in the assumption that maybe the guy just really likes living in Seattle. It likes where things are with, with his life right now and doesn't want to uproot certain things. If the money is equal, which we have seen the money start to equal itself out between college and NFL. Plus the hours of the NFL. Yeah, are there's, there's so many things that make working in the NFL, if recruiting is not your passion, yeah. to want to go work in that, in that league. Yeah, I think that it's a factor. But to think that all of these moves are happening because of NIL and Transfer Portal, I think is just kind of... Trying to find a narrative to fit your argument. I still believe this is not everybody because some guys really are just cut out for college. But I I think there are a huge amount of people that will always say the NFL is the place to go. It's just a better working environment for what I do. You know, like someone said, well, what I do, I think would fit better in the NFL. And the hours I put in are different and this and that and come up with all the reasons. The league is still a really big deal to go coach there. And I know the college money, like you said, has come up. You know, we're talking about coordinators and assistants making over a million. Now, coordinators make close to two million. Like, that's becoming more of the norm. And that's more in line with the NFL to a certain degree. But I just think that it's still a destination league for a lot of coaches. Maybe not head coaches, though. And that's that's the thing. It's still, you know, what I do, I think, works at the NFL. Because the, the NFL has integrated so much of college's way of thinking offensively and even to a certain degree defensively that because the, the defenses are having to, well, to go against those college offenses. You bring up a very good point that it used to take like almost over a decade for the trends you were seeing in college to show up on the field in the NFL level. Look at the way that the NFL is hiring coaches now. You don't have to be a 20-year vet in the game in order to even get the interviews. Yeah. Brad, they're hiring guys in their 30s. Yeah. The league's changed tremendously. So the way that the league has changed in terms of hiring its head coaches, it's not surprising that these 30-something-year-old NFL head coaches are going to get innovative thinkers, young, sharp minds just like themselves. Well, it used to be, you would sit in the NFL, you basically had to work seven or eight years under a legend. Like, you had to work for... Um, you know, Bill Belichick. You had to work for Bill Parcells. You had to come from, 
some tree, the 49ers tree or the Green Bay tree. You had to work on her home grin or what, you know, like. Oh, oh God, that was a huge one. Yeah. And and you had to have done it for more than, like, you couldn't be a two or three year guy. You couldn't have only been there for two or three. You had to like, be there for the, like seven. The whole thing about the 2013 Washington staff, because all those guys just happened to be there for one season. Like, that wouldn't have been a thing. No. No, you, you had to be embedded with a big time NFL coach for many years to even get a sniff in the league. That's how it used to be. That's how it was 20, 30 years ago. It's evolved. It's changed. And it's adapted more to some of the collegiate things and how collegiate football is run. And so it's not surprising to see that if the schemes are going to mirror themselves a little more than they used to, and that's where the innovation is coming from at the college game from a schematic standpoint, that these guys are going to fill their staffs with people who have been drawn up ball plays, been in the you know the forefront of all this stuff for the last few years at the college ranks. Dare I bring this up? Remember Brandon Streeter got courted by NFL teams? He had never spent a minute in the league. Never. And this was even before he was a coordinator at Clemson. He was sought after by the NFL. As the quarterback's coach, yes. And then when he became a coordinator, he was still talked about in circles in the NFL. So, I mean, they have just vastly changed the way they think in that in that league. And so, you're going to have some coaches just gravitate to that. They just are. The opportunities are there for them that were not there for them 20 years ago. So, Because, like, at 20, you had to start, you had to somehow get in the NFL and then you couldn't leave. Because there'd be no way to get back. Right. But now that's not really the case and it just happens to coincide at a time where it's kind of hard to be a coach in, in college. It just is. So there's that link. To, and the devil's question is completely fair. But I felt we needed to take some time to sort of walk that out. It's a natural jump to point. It's not just one reason. It's not just because I have to do NIL and transfer portal. If, if, if Some of it, too, is if, I, if I'm going to get a different roster every year, there's at least a little more consistency right now in the NFL. Yeah. At least I'll have my quarterback for four or five years. Absolutely. I totally understand these offensive coordinators would want to go if you're signing a three-year contract. I feel much better about knowing who my quarterback's going to be for the three years in the NFL than I do in college. Yeah. Yep. Six five four roar. You want to get in uh, with us. A lot of weird scenarios. There's a lot of just weird situations that have occurred. Alabama, yes, did hire a uh, coordinator, John, today. Yes, they did. They have hired, um, I am drawing a blank on his name. Give me one moment. I will have that for you. Former Michigan quarterback, um, I am drawing a blank on his name, um, Nick Sheridan. Thanks. Excuse me. Uh, he has been the Washington tight ends coach for the last few years, has been on Kalen DeBoer's staff for a while, has some familiarity with that. Not all that surprising that DeBoer would promote somebody within his staff that he brought down to Tuscaloosa. Yeah, this is an internal hire, promotion. Does this start another 30-day transfer portal window in Tuscaloosa? Um, because I know there was some upset folks about Ryan Grubb leaving to take the Seattle job shortly after the 30-day window expired. Nowhere to go right now anyway. Oh, I know, but... Can't really transfer out. Uh, this is the son of Bill Sheridan, who, longtime football coach, was defensive coordinator in Tampa Bay and works for the Arlington Renegades. So he's got a lot of uh, or a lot of football blood uh, in him. Uh, he's worked worked a lot of places. Worked for Willie Taggart, uh, went to Western Kentucky, South Florida, Tennessee, Indiana, 
was a QB coach there. Uh, with um, That's where he linked up with Kalen DeBoer, and then he's been with him ever since. And now he's been promoted from tight ends coach to OC. I, this tells me that I, I don't think that Kalen DeBoer is turning over his entire offense in his first year at Alabama to his tight ends coach. I think DeBoer will be very, very heavily influencing the play calling, would be my guess, in his first season. This will be a transition type thing. This will not be. I. I that's just my opinion. I, I just don't think DeBoer's willing to hand over the keys to the to the offense his first year down in Tuscaloosa. He'll be very involved and maybe be the primary play caller. We'll see. Hour three gets started in a few moments. We'll get a lot of college football after this. WCCP FM 105.5, Clemson, Greenville, Anderson, WAHT AM 